Welcome to the 284th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on May 15th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's taking it easy like Sunday morning, Carlos Rodella. Oh, I think I am. Yeah. Trying to anyway, right? It is Sunday morning, at least. It is Sunday morning. uh, morning Morning-ish. I guess it's afternoon-ish time. And I am taking it easy. Uh, I actually took a day off for Monday, so I'm going to have like a three-day weekend. Oh, really? So like, okay, cool. That's, man, I'm trying to think of the last time I've done that. I don't know. Ever? Maybe never? I don't know. Well, you got anything planned? You got to just kick it. I'm just going to kick it. Um, I think I might leave town and just kind of go somewhere. But yeah, it's like... My head's been down on work for so long and just kind of doing a lot of new things with streaming and, uh, you know, engaging in the community. And it's been awesome, but it's just been a lot of work. So I need yeah. a little bit of time. I get you. I get you. All right, cool. Well, I hope you enjoy that uh, extra day off, man. Get your head straight. Have some fun. You know, maybe grab a good some bite to eat or a cup of coffee or something. Come back and uh, be all rejuvenated. Because that's all you need to have fun. It's just a bite of by way, a bite of coffee and and uh, kind of sip of food, and you're good to go. And you're good yeah, to go. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Wait, sometimes. Oh, go ahead. Is that, the name, of, is that the name of the show? Yeah, that's the name of the show. <laughs> a bite of coffee and a sip of food is the name of the show. All right, I'm writing it down. Well, what there were you we going to say? I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter. I guess that doesn't matter. Okay. Anyway, folks, we are here. We have got a jam-packed show. It was kind of a weird week. And I ended up um, getting a lot of games in that, honestly, more than I was planning on. And I figured, well, it's going to be a big show. And sure enough, it's a big show. But before we get to the main content, we're going to do the same thing that we always do. As everyone knows, Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle of the strip of duct tape. On my side, I have one thing. Carlos, what do you have on your side? I have um, two things, two or three things. And one of them is smaller and one of them is pretty huge. But I'm going to try to like... I don't know. We'll go slow on it. So the first one is, I just want to mention that I was on the Gaming in the Wild podcast. Yeah, I listened to it, man. It was great. You was uh, one of my favorite podcasts. You're one of my favorite people and put those two things together. It's like a total, uh, you know, chocolate peanut butter situation. Yeah. Oh, chocolate and peanut butter is good. Uh, Got to go dark chocolate, though, with peanut butter. No. God, no. No. Yeah, that's 100% me. Disgusting. You're disgusting. Ah. Anyways, anyway. um, he was awesome, and by the way, gave us so much love for the podcast, so thank you for that. Yeah, John's um, awesome. I love John. John's amazing. And then, um, yeah, we talked just about one game, which is kind of fun. We did a little bit of uh, talk in the beginning about a few other games, but we talked about Trek to Yomi and how much I love it and expanded on some of the stuff we said on this show. And it was just really, really good to talk about it and also with someone else who found a lot of the same things that I was you know, so enamored with. And just tell, to tell more people about it, because I think that some people said the combat's a little chill and not really like complex, but it's not supposed to be. You know, it's really more about yeah. part of the experience. I mean, and, I haven't played that game, but like I listened to your guys' show, I've seen it, and you and I have talked about it before. I mean, that game to me, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like it's all about like the vibe and the story and the experience. Like anybody coming to that for like, I want like some real tight, you know, combo based combat or something. I think maybe you're barking up the wrong tree. Like, I don't think that's really what that game was being sold on. Am I wrong? Yeah, exactly. And I think we expanded on that. So please go listen to that show. Um, I think we did a really good job of breaking down the show, the actual game. And if you listen to the end of it, we actually did a spoiler cast and talked about the endings, which there are multiple endings. I don't know if you know that. I did not know that. I haven't been spoiled at all on it. And I'm 
doing my best to not spoil. I'm in the middle of something right now, but I do want to start Yomi pretty soon. Yeah, it's so cool because like our endings were wildly different. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I love um, when that happens. I do too. And if you listen to the show at the very end, I, you know, if you've already played it and got an ending, or you want to just deal with the spoilers, it's just really exciting how different they were. So, anyways, go check out that show, uh, Love Gaming in the Wild, and thank you for having me. And that's that. Yeah, listen to the show. That's the best show. Quick, quick tangent. Um, you actually just reminded me of something. Um, you finished Elden Ring. I finished Elden Ring. But you know what? There's like six different endings to that. And I absolutely have not gone back to YouTube any of the other endings. Did you? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. And also I watched like Asmund Gold and some other people like talk about the endings. So yeah, I've seen it oh, all. Oh man. I just, just totally reminded me. I'm like, oh shit, I got like five endings to go YouTube. I totally forgot. Okay. Anyway. There's one that's wildly different. I know oh, that. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> is there a dog controlling everything from behind the scenes? Oh, old school callback. Callback. For all you old timey gamers. Yeah, no, not that. But it's pretty intense. It's like pretty much the main different one. And, all right. I'll uh, have to, man, I got to make a note to myself. And I'm guessing you didn't get out. it because you would know. It's pretty no, intense. No, no. I did the I did the quote unquote best ending with uh, Ronnie the Space Witch because I figured why not. So uh, Okay. Uh, anyways, before I leave the Gaming in the Wild uh, talk, he did bring up the idea of like games we're looking forward to, and I was unprepared. Um, and then I went back. <laughs> I'm always unprepared for that. Well, yeah. I mean, I think both of us haven't really done that much on this show, which we should, I think, do, because uh, we know a lot of games coming out and the, the schedules and stuff. So I just made a couple that I was th- thought I'd bring up uh, because I didn't really uh, remember them then. Yeah, go for it, man. One I mean, is, honestly, I- I'm always so busy with what I got. I never look right. forward, but if you got something, I would love to hear about it. Just a couple I want to mention. One, obviously, Stray, because I talk about that on the show all the time. Yep, yep, yep. But also Little Devil Inside. I think oh, that's God, still going to make man. this year. What the hell? We talk. I feel like we talk about that once every three years, and like it's still <laughs> nice. coming and still coming, Yeah, but not yet. I think it's going to be this year. I think they are officially, it's going to happen. I hope they got um, their issues, their issues ironed out. I know there was some, some pushback. Yeah, on we, I think they did that yeah. right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Steel Rising, I forgot what that is. Kind of like an art, action RPG, maybe? Mm, doesn't sound super familiar. Doesn't sound familiar either. I wrote it down, but I'm not sure why. I think I saw a trailer or something. But the obviously, Dragon Quest Twelve. I don't think is this year, but... Another game I'm looking forward to because okay yeah you're Mr JRPG JRPG sure. um and one odd One Piece Odyssey is having an RPG and it might come out this year One Piece like the anime yeah oh okay seems okay. interesting and then what, last thing is uh, I just saw this the other day I, I don't even know what it is but it had like a lot of good music uh, the trailer was uh, Reverse Collapse is the game doesn't but sound familiar now it's brand new trailer just dropped and it's like just showing anime with gr- good music and stuff. But it's actually a turn-based RPG, and the the subtitle of the game is it goes Reverse Collapse, Codename Bakery. What? Oh, come on, you guys, on. get out of here with that bakery! Okay. It's like mechs and you know anime and turn-based you know RPG. But also, you're making sweet rolls and baguettes. Like Maybe? what? I don't know. It's uh, anime Cinnabon. Anywho, <laughs> that's pretty. There's good. a couple of things that I'm interested in. All right. Well, I'll, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, I was totally unaware that there was going to be another Nintendo indie. Oh, right. We didn't even talk about it. Drop. Did you watch it? I didn't watch it. Yet. Did you I watch just watched it? parts of it. Yeah. Uh, I think today I'm going to watch it. It didn't even occur to me. And then I got an email from Nintendo saying, hey, loser, you didn't watch our show. And I'm like, whoops. Huh. 
So I think I'm going to round up the family. We're going to get on the couch, make some popcorn, and watch that later this afternoon. But I've heard it was a pretty good one if you like indie games, which I do. I and know you do too. always play the Switch like you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to check that out for sure. So heads up, if you missed it like I missed it, there's one that just released like two, three days ago by the time you're hearing this podcast. So I guess check that out. I will check it out today. Again, really quickly to get one box uh, out of the way, unless you want to do your box first. Nah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, it's a It's a rant. And I need to make it uh, just because starting I was starting early today. Starting early. Yeah. Just because I saw this on TikTok and it reminded me of my frustrations. So recently, uh, Starfield and Redfall got delayed. Uh, Starfield was one of my most anticipated games. That's the Bethesda space exploration. Like, yeah. Like uh, that. Space exploration. What is, what is Redfall? RPG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Redfall was the multiplayer, I think, uh, game. Oh, the I'm vampire, like, the yeah, vampire, vampire yeah. Uh, like, uh, yeah, Left 4 Dead, but with vampire. Had like really cool intro trailer or whatever that they showed off. Yes, yes. I'm yes. not like heartbroken over that, but Starfield was like, talking about games I was anticipating. It was my most anticipated because it is a huge sci-fi RPG. So both of those got delayed. Um, Starfield was real close, I feel like, to making that that date, but. What you, you think so? It seems to me like it's ages away, dude. I haven't. It seems to me like that's really far off. I mean, they said they were working on it in, instead of Skyrim, for one thing, and they started years ago. So I know games take years, but they they I whatever the Todd Howard talk was, he said we started this like as soon as we were done with what was it? Um, I don't know. Whatever Skyrim? game. No, maybe Fallout seventy six or something. Like he was oh, like, oh yeah, maybe. we were already starting it right then because we knew that that was just an MMO type thing. Anywho, they've been on it for a while. I was excited. My point is, I saw a guy on TikTok mention this, and he was totally right. And my my rant is this about Xbox. One, yes, Game Pass is great, and we talk about it a lot. But there isn't a lot of like brand new stuff now for the rest of the year that's going to be like, what is it? Comes out on Xbox first or something mm-hmm. um, because of those delays. And I don't know. I always say this, but I just... I'm not playing a ton on my Xbox. It's just the reality of the situation. There's games that are multiplayer or multi-console. Multi-platform, sure. Multi-platform. But if there's like a game for Xbox, it's not a ton. And um, what the guy on TikTok said was like, I think Xbox needs not an acquisition manager, but a production manager. Because even when I, you know, partially worked there for a minute, like I could see some of that. I think that, you need to like get games out and there's just so much acquisition. There's so much, uh, you know, promise. Hey, this is now we're doing this. Check this out. Check this out. But what games are we playing? Like, I mean, sure. So what's coming out for PlayStation this year? I mean, 8 million things. I don't have the list in front of me, but like, Uh sure. And I'm not, I don't, again, I'm not either or I don't give a shit. Like (laughs) I would play a ton of games on Xbox. I'm saying they, and this is my rant. I don't think they're fucking, bringing games out man like there's bringing indie games that are multi-platform to game pass that's cool uh and we'll talk about one later in the show but why i would need an xbox i don't know a reason like oh right my god carlos you yeah. do this you go through this you, i do this a lot you do this a lot you were you were doing this to the switch now you're doing it at the xbox bro i mean i so there's there's a lot of what you just said i mean that's a huge issue right so it's like they're act they're acquiring things because they said there weren't enough specific games for xbox so they spent like all this money to buy studios that are going to be producing games for xbox but now it's like well there's no games but the game's got to be made i mean i don't know what how many things are in the pipe i don't know how many things are close how many things are far off i mean who knows right like we don't know behind the microsoft curtain 
But I mean, you know, I'm fine with them taking their time. I certainly like for a game like Starfall, Star Starfield, Starfield, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Starfield. I want them to take their time, you know, like I don't want them to rush it because then it's going to be like, oh, this game sucks on Xbox. Like, you know, you can't ever keep anybody happy, right? Like, and it's just like they're they're doing what they can do. I feel like they're steering the ship in the right direction and a big ship like that doesn't steer quickly. So I'm fine. I mean, like, honestly, there's plenty to play and I don't really care about the exclusives game anyway. Like, I'll play whatever on anything. So I'm, I'm fine. I'm going to give them some time. If they don't have anything, if they don't have killer games by like, the end of next year, then I'll be in your boat. I'll definitely okay. But see, that's up. what I'm, that's what I'm talking about because I think that's going to happen. And also, I you feel think like you're not going to have anything next year. No, I, do, I don't. Maybe Fable, right, or something. I think Fable. Um, I, but the point is, we're ca- we're counting these on one hand. I just feel like I'm saying the obvious, and I've been saying it for I think a couple of years now, and it's been true. But most people, including you, and this is fine, give me the answer of just well, you know, it takes a while. But then again, I'm like playing, you know, Horizon Forbidden West, or I'm playing other games on PlayStation, or I'm playing other games on Steam that come out like obviously early access and, you know, right away. And so I'm just looking at my play habits. And my play habits are I don't play a ton of stuff on Switch. I know you like the smaller indies that come out for that, but I don't really have to turn my Xbox on unless there's a specific like uh, day one Game Pass thing, which is fun. But we can, I can count those on one hand too. Like day one Game Pass only on Xbox. There's sure. been a couple. I mean, I don't want to turn this into like a console versus console. I, I feel like we're above that. But I mean, honestly, I can't even tell you the last time I turned on my PlayStation 5. It's got a pretty thick layer of dust on it. Uh, but I you just it, live on your Switch. That's why. I mean, on the Switch and the Xbox. So it's like, I don't think it's really a matter of like one of these. I mean, it's just like it's where you prefer, right? Like you play multi-platform games on the, on the PlayStation. I play multi-platform on the Xbox. What I I don't think I've played any console exclusives on PlayStation. I mean, maybe like Ratchet and Clank. I think that was about it. So like one game uh, stuff. I mean, is I don't even know if there's been any platform exclusive for the Xbox, but I spend my time because that's where like my my library is building, right? So I mean, I don't care. I mean, I'll play anything anywhere, and I'm not really too worried about whether there's going to be a big exclusive coming for anything. Just whatever comes comes. There's gonna be a bunch of big Xbox exclusives because of all these acquisitions. Maybe not now, but later. And when it comes, then I'll be ready for it. And if anything comes on the PlayStation, cool. But I'm not sweating it, man. I'm not sweating it. It's a big, it's a big deal. It takes a while. And to put a button in it, I'm not sweating it either. But my point is still valid. The fact is, I'm talking about first-party stuff that comes out or any sort of exclusive third-party stuff. And it just doesn't – it's not there. So, yes, I play my PlayStation. You play your Xbox. Probably the same games. It doesn't matter. They're Very in, likely. They're, yeah. yeah, they're interchangeable. So that's not my complaint. It's just like I keep saying this, and it's, it keeps being true, which is that there isn't like a reason to be like, oh, I just need to be on the Xbox. And so, wow, next year you're going to be playing Starfield. You're going to be like, this is my number one favorite game of all time. This is fucking amazing. I'm so glad I got an Xbox. And I'm like, yep, yeah. But I could have like, and technically, if that was the truth, then I could have like bought the Xbox for Starfield. You know, like I mean, you could have though. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, you can make that argument for anything though, dude. I mean, I, I don't know. know. I, Anyway, we'll, we'll anyway. close it up. We'll close it up. I had to bring it up because I saw you that TikTok. Because you're that guy. Yes. I am that guy. Well, I just feel that it's real. Okay. So <laughs> what's your other box? Nothing big. Nothing big. I just wanted to give a quick uh, circle back shout out to Rogue Lords. I know that you played it a while ago mm. and I talked about it last episode. And when I talked about it last episode, I was like, oh, you know, I'm kind of into this. I like it. But there's a couple systems that I'm kind of like question marks on and I'm not sure about some of this. And so I, you know. I really felt like I just wasn't getting the big picture because, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of systems. There's a lot of intricate parts in that thing. And 
the tutorial is pretty good, but it doesn't teach you like advanced strategy. Like it doesn't teach you like, oh, if you're playing this character, this is what you want to do. And, oh, this is a better way to, like, maximize your points or, you know, like, whatever. Like, like you know, deeper strategies that you really need to understand in order to progress the game, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to watch a video um, and I'm just going to, you know, see some tips and stuff. And I found this guy who wrote a, um, a, a long post about it. There's not a lot of information about it, but there was one pretty good post. And the stuff that he was saying was stuff that I hadn't really considered. It was pretty different than the way I was playing. Um, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, this guy's making some sense. Took his tips to heart, tried them out, and then like really turned my game around. I started winning like a lot more, mm. and then I started understanding why some of the systems were the way they were, which I didn't fully understand on the last episode. So I just wanted to circle back and just say, you know, now that I put more time into it, I think this game is actually fantastic. Um, I am more than halfway through the campaign. Uh, it's going, you know, I've had some setbacks, I've had some losses, but I've also had a lot of big wins, and so I feel like that's acceptable to me especially for a roguelike deck builder. Like, I don't expect to steamroll through those. you got to learn the system, learn the cards, learn the characters, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of learning. Um, but now that I'm into it, I feel like I got I got the measure of it. I'm moving forward. I feel like what they've done here is really, really, really good now that I've got the measure of it. And I, I think it's great. So I'm definitely recommending it, like, much more heartily than I did last episode because mm. I'm still kind of finding my legs. But if you like Slay the Spire, roguelike deck builders, anything along those lines, I definitely feel like this is a really, really good one. And honestly, besides you, I don't know anybody in my circle that's played it. And I've, I've been talking about it on Twitter. I've been posting pics, trying to get people to give it a shout out. And, uh, you know, I've been saying it's, you know, if you like Slay the Spire, which everybody likes, maybe try this one too. Um, I don't know. Like, it's maybe it's just getting lost in the shuffle right now. But, man, if you like Slay the Spire or Roguelike Deck Builder, this is, it's kind of the shit, dude. I think it's really, really good. Dude, so many times you need to, and this is the way it is, you need to like find a YouTube video or something, you know, a website that help you get further into the game. Um, yeah. You know, especially strategy type games. Because then yeah, once, you, exactly. once you said, like you said, you get a hook, you go, oh, now this opens up a whole new way that I can do this instead of just like kind of flailing. Yeah, I just, I just needed somebody to kind of like, change my perspective on things because the way that i was approaching it was okay i mean i was winning a little bit but it, it wasn't like i was like dominating or anything and then once i read this guy's tips and i apologize in advance because i meant to write down his name to give him props and i i don't know where i wrote that down i saw i'm sorry but whoever that guy was thank you guy those was good <laughs> tips um that guy but yeah like once i changed my perspective and i started understanding things that i didn't understand before i was like okay i get it i get it i get it now it all comes together. This game, it went from being pretty good to being like, oh, I think this game is actually pretty fantastic. So, All right, there you go. Rogue Lords, check it out. I'm playing on Xbox, but I believe it's on everything, I think. So, all right. Uh, any f last housekeeping from you, my friend? No, but I will say that the other exclusives I'm excited about for PlayStation, because we were talking about exclusives, you're like, which ones? <laughs> I just looked it up real quick, but obviously I know Stray, you did. I know you did. Stray and Forspoken, I actually really am excited about. What is Forspoken? I don't know that one. Um, it's a woman who runs around from like the real, like oh, modern world, the but then she goes in, in the air and stuff. Yeah, in yes, the yes, fantasy yes. world and stuff. Okay, gotcha. And then obviously I did, you know, really like Horizon before I got bored of it. And God of War will come out for that. So there's a few that I'm interested in. All right. Anyways, let's anyway. get back to the show. All right. Right, that is housekeeping. We're done with that. We're getting on to the main portion of the show, and we got a lot to get through. This is a big, big show today. Carlos, we're going to start it with you. A little tiny game that popped up on Game Pass. I'm actually very curious about this, but I just haven't had time for it yet. Citizen Sleeper. 
I took a quick look and it just looked weird indie. And so that got my attention. But I honestly don't know much about it. You want to fill us in? Yeah, I, I, I played it for a second, um, maybe an hour. Uh, but I just thought I'd mention it because I do like it and the concept of it. And it was uh, brought to my attention by Gaming in the Wild. Hey! John said this. Check it out. And then uh, so I did. So it's on Game Pass, which is great. Hey, there you go. Xbox. Yay, baby. Yay, Xbox. Oh, God. <laughs> Citizen Sleeper was on PC like a million years ago, probably. So, oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know if it was new or what. I was okay. just joking. Um, man, I'm going to be the... I don't want to be hurts. the Debbie that Downer hurts. to Xbox. That's a little, we're getting into bitter territory here, but I might start getting that way. Anyways, Citizen Sleeper, it's, it's remind me of a game that I worked on a long time ago, uh, social media, when I did that game, Lifeline. Do you remember? Lifeline. That was an amazing game. Yeah. And so that was a text adventure. It was a little bit of real time. So when you talk to the astronaut who you're trying to help, um, you had to like wait for them to reply to you. Yeah, some real time like communication mechanics. That was so pretty cool. fucking brilliant at the time, dude. Yeah, I'm still brilliant. By the way, I mean, anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah, go download it, it right now. Yes. It's that one and the yeah, all of them. They made a bunch of them. So they did. I was surprised at how many came afterwards. Yeah. So uh, I worked on that, and I love you know I really do enjoy text adventures. You just talked about one recently that. Mixes a kind of like a texture adventure with some combat or different kind of gameplay mechanics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so this has, it is that kind of visual novel text adventure, but it has a bunch of mechanics. So you really aren't ever controlling a character. You're just kind of like looking at a map. And then when you do things or talk to people, like sometimes a profile picture will pop up, right? Anime RPG style. And you basically play as... And the main reason I enjoy the game and is, you know, for the story, obviously, but um, I'll get the mechanics of it in a minute. But you play as basically a copy of yourself. So you want to go to out deep space at some point, right? Like all of us mm. want to do that. You you probably can't survive it. Our bodies are pretty oh, frail. Oh, weird. Okay. So okay. you're kind of a copy of yourself put into the matrix or the internet or whatever. Like, and, a, like a virtual copy, or are you talking about like a, like a clone? Well, here's the thing. You're a virtual copy, or like your data, which we can do at some point, and that's a whole other tangent. And so say your data, but then you get put into a body. So you have like an extra body that you can put your consciousness into, essentially. Okay, okay. But because you're so like not even yourself, you're a copy of yourself, it kind of explores the idea of what it means to be alive or conscious oh i love the games like that i love when people explore sci-fi themes like that oh it's so good and i i mean i part of me wants this to be a game where i'm walking around in third person because i like the concept so much but i get it it's not that kind of game but it's just like you said like a map and like points on a map and stuff yeah like a that? map okay. and, and so okay. how it works is when you wake up you know in this body there's kind of a, a guy there who's like oh, i'm gonna help you out you're gonna do this work for me and you know, you're screwed, but uh, let's see if you can, like, figure out what's going on up here in the spaceship. So there's a kind of deeper mystery you're trying to solve, right? Like, okay, what, okay. why am I here? What's going on? And then at the same time, the mechanics are you move from point to point on the map, and then you have things like action points, which are like dice, like little dice rolls. Uh -huh. And then you have, and that gives you, like, a probability of, like, things being successful or not, or positive or negative is what they call it. Then you have energy, of course, which I'm never the biggest fan of but you have energy and you've got to get that back by doing different things and then oh crap what was the other one um i forgot the other one right now i'll have to look memory it. maybe no no it's not that it's something like that though okay and so you have all these different kind of like things you got to watch your meters and you know progress essentially and then you get side missions like the the first guy says hey help me with moving this stuff like manual labor so you pick the uh the actions you want to do and then you kind of basically pick these, assign these dice 
to see if you are successful or not. Okay. And certain things are like more risky. So like uh, explain the very beginning. It's like explore this market and it's like very risky because you're like your body's not fully formed and you know, you're kind of like uh, just starting the game. So you might get like, I don't know, shivved or something. That's what I'm <laughs> As thinking. you do. As yeah. you do. As all you right. do as a clone who wakes up on a spaceship. Happens all the time. And so, yeah, you kind of like, it's all this kind of min-max risk-reward, figuring out what you can and can't do and how you can get energy back. And at the end of the day, you kind of go back to sleep in your, you know, clone body or go kind of go into the internet. And then you wake up and by every time you sleep, it pushes like time forward, right? For stories and stuff. Gotcha. And then you also open up things as you go along and, and complete missions, like more information about this deeper mystery, like what's going on. And then you can have, uh, you have stats as well. And so you can upgrade your stats. So you get little points and you can put them into different, you know, things. So it's just that kind of a game. It's like you go through Dude, this story. sounds like the shit. This sounds like absolutely my jam, dude. I like, think it is really hyped jam. up for this. I really want to play this now. I got it downloaded. I just need the time. But man, like you talking about it, I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah, this is this is my shit. Yeah, I guess I forgot that you really are into this style. And oh, I, I love these. And I'm not as much, but I like it. Like I like the story so much that I want to like, you know, progress. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I haven't I haven't really failed yet. You know, I've been really smart about like the, the action points I spend, you know, and stuff like that. But man, it is really, really. And I like the art a lot. It reminds me of what is that? Oh, it's going to bother me. Is it Grant Morrison? There's I know a, you're talking about Jeff Darrow, maybe. A maybe bit. it's like an old school sci-fi comic book. Yeah, look. I know. I saw that look. I knew exactly what you were talking about. Dude. That so old, good. Like, yes, I got it. Yeah. So oh, real man. quick, that's all I have to say about it. I'm gonna go back to it tonight. It's that kind of thing where you can relax and just like there's no, you know, there's no time. Right. You right. don't run away from bad guys. No reflexes. No, you don't need no. to dodge anything. No parry. No fucking parrying. No in that game, parrying. Right? Fuck parrying. You know what this reminds me of? Just a really quick tangent here. Um, Soma, not to spoil anything, but Soma touches on a lot of the same themes. And uh, did you ever play Soma? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And we probably talked about it in the show. I got to come back to it because I really want to, I want to love that game, but I got to say like, I, there's certain decisions they made that I just didn't care for. And I know that they updated it to do the no violence mode, which I, I went into, but man, some of that. Like, I got to be just real. Let's real talk. Real talk. Some of the puzzle design is just garbage in that game, and I just really don't like it, and it's too long. Mm. But, man, like, I read ahead a little bit, and I'm like, it's so cool. The idea is so cool. The themes are so cool. I got to have to force myself to go back to it. But that sounds a lot in Soma, like what you're describing in Citizen Sleeper. Um, I'm I'm down with those concepts. I'm down with those themes. I love sci-fi. So I'm going to... I'm going to prioritize this. Well, and that's what takes me out of these kind of games if it is too puzzle heavy. Because then I'm like, I don't want to figure this out, you know? Yeah. Um, this feels more like all based on your choices. Like, what are you doing? What are you going to take your time doing? And there's just so many things to do. Like, there's lots of locations. You can really kind of, I guess, play it as, you know, the way you want to play it. So check out Sit and Sleeper. It's on Xbox Game Pass, the best Xbox console. Game Pass, best console, best place to play games. Best place to play games. Um, yeah. Yeah, advocated by the uh, advocated by so many games, it's we gonna, put our seal of approval on it. It's going to be this facetious thing that I say all the time now. Oh man! All right, we're gonna we're gonna keep it with you here for just another moment. Oh, here. okay. And then I'm gonna listen to you talk for like two hours. So go I ahead. got so many games. Yeah. But you you brought okay. Maybe I'm. Is it Eternal Edge or is it is it not Eternal Edge? It is Eternal Edge. Uh, there was like an L in it. And is it Eternal Edge? Because oh. I could see somebody doing that. Or is it Eternal Edge? Well, now let me look up Eternal Edge. Eternal Edge Plus. It's Eternal Edge Plus. Okay. Okay. Just a typo. Eternal Edge Plus. Uh, where are you playing this, and what is it? I have literally no idea what we're talking about here. 
So I was like, skimming uh, Xbox or no, Xbox. That's funny. That was a you're just you're just taking a piss now, dude. You are just you're you're trolling. I wasn't really trying to troll there. I was actually I think it's because we subconscious were about, troll is the yeah. worst kind of troll. Or it was the fact that I love Xbox so much it had to come out of my mouth. Oh, man. Um, best place to play games. Anyways, I was uh, scrolling through Steam, uh, a place that you don't go to. And only only occasionally, very occasionally. Right. When we've talked about it on the show every time you have. Yes. Uh, and looking for RPGs, because you know me, action RPGs, I need them. And even though I'm playing Tales of which one? Zesperia. Uh, there's so many areas. There's so yes, they all end in yeah. Yeah. So there's too many of them. It got a little I don't want to revisit that, but I got a little like um I don't know. I kind of fell out of it for a minute. Well, so grindy, repetitive, story didn't take off. What happened? No, I just think like, the combat was a little too. I, I think I might have been praising it last time, but was that the auto combat? Yeah, it's like said? mix auto, and so like I don't know. I like a little bit more like uh, agency sometimes. Did you feel like your life was draining away while you're watching numbers tick, tick away on a screen? Maybe. Okay. Uh, so I jumped over to RPGs and Steam, and I found Eternal Edge. Now there's a a demo, I believe it's still up, maybe. And it was like a prologue, and you could play that for a while. But I went ahead, and I just had um, some credit on my account, so I went and picked it up. It's like $9. So $9, and it is like a Zelda uh, Ocarina of Time kind of you know action combat. Like a 3D or kind of a top-down? No, 3D, yeah. Okay, okay. Like, um, am I saying the right one, Ocarina of Time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it has got that same kind of lock-on mechanic, so you'll pull L trigger, and you'll lock onto an enemy. Oh, sure. And so, yeah, mainly I picked it up because it just seems like very, um, like a huge world. Yeah, there's some puzzles, but it's just the the moment-to-moment combat is really fun. Um, the only thing is the jump is terrible, and it, you jump like one inch off the ground. And I don't know why. They just not don't have a jump if it's going to be just oh, so man, short. I hate that. Yeah, I, hate I know. That. But I don't. I never use it. I just use the dodge, and the dodge, as you know, I love if it's done well and it's done well dodge is the way to carlos's heart it is that's my uh middle name is dodge 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 roll carlos Carlos. dodge oh wait what'd you say dodge Dodge roll roll. carlos yeah anywho it's it it, the action moment to moment is fun it's very simplistic it's a small team uh so it's not gonna win any rewards rewards for like massive scope or graphics or anything like that but it's again really fun to play um, you just fight monsters. You do things in RPG. You know, you would normally do the typical RPG. Typical things. RPG. But the story is kind of not typical. Um, your wife has been put to sleep by the skeleton king because reasons, and you got to try to wake her up. And the only way to wake her up is to get a bunch of things, of course, on an overworld map. Sure. Uh, that's sure. how it works in the real life. Yeah. And then yeah, because but you know my wife will fall asleep sometimes, and I go and I try yep. to wake her up, and it's like God damn it. Skeleton King put a spell on her again. <laughs> I needed, we had stuff to do today. Yeah. So, and then you know, end asshole. up going all over Seattle to find yes. different things. And then <laughs> when you get like them, coffee and a scone. And oh, this maybe is real, Ben. This is real. <laughs> maybe the Skeleton King is real. Uh, anywho, it's just super fun. And I wanted to tell you one quick moment from it is like, okay. In, in, as soon as you play, of course, there's like enemies that are too sh- strong or whatever. But because I've been playing so much damn Elden Ring and Souls games, I felt compelled to go to the first boss right away. Oh, man. Right? It I mean, broke you, dude. It broke you. No, this is a good thing. I'm saying it's oh, a okay. positive. Okay. Oh, okay. 
Because I was like, I was handling the enemies and I was like, this is no problem. And I'm a dodge roll. I was feeling it, you know. So I went to the first boss who was like huge. And I have no sword to take him on. And when I hit him, you know, it hits like what? Five percent of damage. You or punch something. him with your fist or something? No, I have a sword, but it's just oh, like a tiny good. sword. Okay, gotcha. Anyway, so I start hitting him, and I got this dodge roll down so well, and I'm using my Dark Souls brain, you know, know exactly when to was it? I frame it. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm doing it, dude. I'm doing it. I'm like, I'm like dodging everything he does, and he's like a huge boss, and I'm like level one. And so then I hit him a bunch, and he goes to like second form, you know, where he like yeah. sends a million guys at you. Yeah, yeah. And then he comes back. Anyways, I beat the motherfucker. I love I love that you like have never liked the Souls game. You play Elden Ring and you emerge a stronger, superior being. That is it that might is be the case. Hilarious to me. It might be the case. And that's when I brought it up to you. I was like, you know, here it is. Oh my, my new gosh. skills. Although the dodge is real good. You know, like that dodge has got iframes. Good dodge can all go a long it. way to carry a game. I yeah, because I think about it. I'm level one and yeah, I'm like I got some good reflexes, but like it, yeah, it's letting me do it. So, anyways, it felt really good to um, beat the boss like early on. Also, one of the rewards I got though, a pumpkin mm-hmm. bomb. Come on, a pumpkin I mean, bomb for beating yeah. a huge boss in the be- be- very beginning. Maybe it's amazing. I don't know. Is it a good good bomb? I'm the point sure. is, I never like bombs because they go away. But if you maybe it's reusable. We can check. I doubt it. I Are you know. kidding me? A bomb. Maybe it's the maybe it's the item that you can use to defeat the last boss in one hit. You don't know. You're making know. up this this that sounds like Elden Ring. Maybe. Yeah. It's you know, the bomb the, the last boss is vulnerable to nothing except pumpkin bombs. Maybe. So Could I did be. it. Oh, and by the way, there is a little not really souls thing, but you do spend like essence that you get to upgrade yourself and stuff like that. Sure. But sure. Anywho, I like it. I think it's fun and simple. It's nine dollars. Are you kidding me? Come on, people. If you want an action RPG, just check it out. Um there is a free prologue that's right, that's up. Um, I kind of feel bad that I didn't play it because, you know, it's a little bit of story before the game. But anywho, Eternal Edge Plus on Steam, I recommend 974. That's how it costs. 974. All right, cool. Sounds good. Let's move on to the next section here. Um, I played a bunch of games, like I said earlier in the show, a bunch. And I think probably one big reason why I got through so many of them is because so many of them I absolutely bounced off just like <laughs> real fucking quick. This is so, a pile this is a pile of, a pile of um I don't want to be mean, but pile the, of garbage you didn't these like. are i'm gonna say that these are games that i had an allergic reaction to Ooh. and that i just did not continue with okay so first one was oh, it makes me sad to even say this i was really excited for this one uh loot river we talked about this oh, during the yeah. xbox demo fest last summer or whatever it was uh this is a it's it's so cool conceptually yeah uh, so basically you it's a top-down game pixel art game you play a little dude and it's kind of like Dark Soulsy in feel. It's got that weird, mysterious world, and you die and revive. It's also a roguelike. But the the hook to Loot River is that you are on a river, and there are little islands or I guess rafts. I'm not even sure what they are. Little pieces of land on the river, and they're shaped like Tetris blocks. And so you get on a, a your first Tetris block. You can move it all around, and then you got to fit it into like the next piece of land in order to get to that piece of land. And so the whole game is kind of like you trying to figure out how to maneuver these little islands around so that you can get where you're going. So it's kind of like playing Tetris sort of, but you're like moving islands on a river that is just like Tetris kind of. And you're moving Um, your character while it's moving the piece, which I think is crazy. Exactly. So the character moves, the piece moves. And the thing um, that also happens is there's like a lot of combat. They definitely feel very like souls inspired. Um, So I love the concept. We played the demo and it seemed really cool and promising. 
So the, the actual game is out now, and I gotta say, I just, oh man, I really, really, really did not like it like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the puzzle concept still good. I was still okay with like the Souls aesthetics and stuff like that. But the problem is that this game goes fucking way overboard on the combat, just like bananas combat. Way too many enemies, uh, just way too many fights. The combat does not feel good. The con- and the controls don't feel good. Like when you. When you're playing a game that puts so much emphasis on combat, if you're going to be combat focused, the combat has to be good. That is like step one. Do not make your game a combat game if it's not good. You know, there's been a lot of games that I think are fine where combat is maybe not great, but it's not the focus, right? It's like the story or it's the world or there's puzzles or something. But if you're going to have a game that is so focused on combat, that combat has to be tuned. This combat, I mean... Not to hurt anyone's feelings, this combat feels like absolute ass. Like it's garbage. I do not Wait, like this combat. How do you say not to hurt anyone's feelings? I mean, don't take it personal, but this combat ass. is absolute ass. Like it's it's terrible. But how much um, of the game though is the puzzle piece part two though? Right? Like, is that? I mean, it's hard to say, it? right? I didn't get that far. I got to like level two or three, and it's like, you know, moving the puzzle pieces is great, but like every time you move a puzzle piece, there's always um, enemies on the next piece over. So that when you get there, you get swarmed. Like, and there's like, yeah. there's way, way, way too many enemies, and they'd hit you for too much damage, and it just does not feel good to play. This is also a game that wants you to parry, which is like, please, God, don't do that. Stop with the pairing. The pairing does not feel good. The dodge does not feel good. So I know you're gonna oh, be out of this I'm one. Out. The dodge feels like garbage. It's just like I just don't understand how they could put. Like, if it was like fighting one enemy at a time, I could totally put up with this this combat. Like it would be fine. But when you're fighting like 15 enemies at once, it feels awful. And I just don't ever want to come back to it, which is a shame because I love the concept, love the puzzle pieces. It seems so cool, but it the combat just kills it. It is it is not fun to play whatsoever. All right. Allergic to one. There we go. Allergic to one. Next one. Okay. So we talked about Crusader Kings 3 a couple weeks ago. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And I actually tried it too. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Just for a moment. Just for a moment. Let's talk about Crusader Kings 3. Did you in any way understand how to play that game? I, I I feel like almost because on our episode we talked about it, you had no idea. I wanted to like, you know, figure it out. And so I looked a little bit before, like again, on YouTube or something. Sure, sure. Um, so I had a general idea of what I was doing, but I didn't feel like I was doing it well. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I got stuck like super fast. So yeah. Yeah. I, I knew the very beginning, but then I got lost. Well, that I went into Crusader Kings 3 pretty much cold. Like, I knew it was about, you know, medieval stuff and empire building. And I was hoping the game's tutorials would, you know, carry me through. That absolutely didn't work. I I had literally no idea what to do or how to play that game. And that was an experience which is really weird to me because I've been playing games just like you have for, you know, probably 40 plus years. We play so many games every week. I mean, we're the furthest thing from a noob you could get. But it just goes to show, like, with so many genres and so many types of games, I mean, you can't master them all. And this one, Crusader Kings 3, just stumped me. I had, I didn't even know what to even do. So that was something that has burned in my mind now. And I started playing a new game, the game I'm talking about now. It's called Thea, T-H-E-A, Thea 2, The Shattering. Uh, so thanks to the developers for sending me a code to talk about here on the show, which I'm doing right now. This is like Crusader Kings 3 all over again. It seems like a very cool game choose characters you're like the avatar of a god you're in this giant open world there are some you know crafting empire building one thing i really appreciated was when you choose your character at the beginning of the game there's like all sorts of farmers and knights and magicians male and female and then there's like a rat and i'm like oh yeah i'm definitely the rat dude i'm definitely gonna be the rat so that was fun um 
but it was like I got through the tutorial and I I was feeling pretty shaky when I got through the tutorial. I did not feel like it was a great tutorial. Start playing the game and again it was like I don't even know what buttons to push to make anything happen. It was like they're like craft some collect some wood and craft a thing and goblins are coming. Watch out. And I'm like, dude, I help help somebody help yeah. me please. I I literally don't know what's going on. There's like a bunch of hexes on a map and there's like a million menus. Um, not all the menus had words, which was a bummer. They're kind of going for like the pictograph kind of a thing where they think that it's going to be intuitive. And that doesn't work. Not everybody's brain works the same way. And if you think that a certain symbol means something, I guarantee you it doesn't mean that same thing to everybody around the world. So you got to really polish that up. It's difficult to do. Uh, Ikea fails at it hard all the time. If Ikea can't do it, you can't do it. Nice. So I I didn't get very far. I didn't even get past the first level. I just I literally could not figure out what to do or how to advance. It was a shame because I love the art. Art was very cool. Like setting up my character was really fun. I see like all these different gods to choose from and all these different, you know, it, it just seems like something that I would really like to get into, but I need somebody to sit with me and hold my hand and like play the game for me the, for, for like the first 12 hours to show me exactly what's going on because I, I could not crack it myself. So I bounced off it, which is a shame. But I just I don't want to spend six months trying to learn to play this game that I'm not even sure that I like yet. Yeah, and that why is a shame is there's uh there was an original game too, Thea the Awakening. Yeah, um, yeah. And it says that both of them were based on like Slavic mythology, uh, with procedural dark fantasy. Like all that stuff sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean it sounds like turn-based Witcher or something, which I would yeah. be totally up for. And it looks great. Like screenshots are interesting. But fuck, dude, uh, I just oh man, it was like that and Crusader Kings three are just like. It's like a foreign language to me, man. I don't even know. Yeah. Right. Bum, bum, bum. Well, that was Thea 2. The Shattering was playing that on Xbox. Final uh, game that I was highly allergic to. Uh, it's called Source of Madness. This is a oh, 2. Sorry. Were you looking at this one? Yeah, and I know why you were interested. I mean, it's got a Souls thing, right? It's kind of Souls-y looking. It's also very Lovecrafty, which I'm also a real big fan of. Um, you know, the crazy elder gods and tentacle monsters, and mm-hmm. you know, everybody ends up going crazy. I love, I love those stories. I love that theming, that world, and kind of stuff. So it was like 2D platformy, actiony, Soulsy, Lovecrafty. Uh, I mean, all that stuff is in my basket, dude. All that stuff. I'm like, I'm like, check yes, check yes, 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 yes. This is for me. And I start playing this, and like, dude, like, okay. I didn't realize this at first, uh, and I didn't even I didn't even really know about this until later, but somehow these developers wanted to make this game really using their own like homebrewed AI procedural generation for like almost everything. So you know where this is going, right? Like if you're doing a tight action platformer with combat, but you're having AI generate not only the levels um, but also like the enemies are AI generated. And I mean, like, I don't mean like they made enemies and they're the AI distributes them. I mean, the AI is creating the enemies as in what do they look like? How do they move? What kind of damage do they do? Mm. Proc gen, dude. And so I didn't realize this at first because I don't know how anybody found out about it. I, I contacted PR and I was like, do you have more information about this? And they're like, no, we don't have any information. I'm like, but this is like a core pillar of your game. I feel like maybe you want to explain why you made these choices, but I couldn't get any info out of them. So basically what happens is this game is real fucking dark. Uh, I mean, I hear some people say that if you get lucky and the AI produces a level that's bright, then you get some brightness. But I had several dark, really dark levels in a row. Very hard to see. Controls are mushy. Uh, Jumping does not feel good. Movement does not feel good. Combat feels terrible. Could not tell 
where my hitboxes were, could not tell where the enemy hurt boxes were, not enough tutorials to explain the systems, and the enemies, I mean, the levels look like garbage. They just look like garbage. And in one sense, I kind of appreciate that because if we're talking Lovecraft, it's like madness, architecture that defies logic, you know, something that doesn't, that only partially exists in 3D space, you know, yeah. you're going crazy. Like that, that fits, right? So I'm like, okay, that's cool. But like, it's really hard to see what's going on. The levels don't make a lot of sense in how you play them. So there has to be like consideration given to how it plays. But also the combat is like, the enemy is just like no rhyme or reason. It was just like random tentacles, which again, I get the theming, but it's like, I, I can't tell where am I hitting them? How are they hitting me? They're moving just like randomly. And it's just like, none of it seems tuned. None of it feels good. Like I'm trying to whack a monster and I can't tell if I'm hitting him, but he's hitting me and I'm just like frustrated and trying to get away and I can't get away. And it's just, none of this feels good. And if you throw in the fact that it's like a roguelike where you're supposed to like try and die and earn points to advance, I mean, okay, but I just, it has to feel good. Like it has to feel good moment to moment. You can't just like play some really awful feeling game and hope that eventually you're going to get some weapon or eventually you're going to get some kind of power up that feels good. It has to feel at least somewhat good from the beginning. This game feels awful all the way around, like in every aspect. I feel like AI generation, absolutely not the way to go for this game. And it's a shame because like in screenshots and when you hear about it, it seems cool. But I had like the worst time with Swords of Man. I think I played it for mm. maybe, maybe like 20 minutes. And I'm like, this is no, no, we're not doing this. This is no. Yeah, I've heard a lot of similar things that you just said uh, from other people. And about also, this specific game? Yeah, about this specific game is why I didn't download oh, it. Because I, okay. I like the Lovecraftian look as well. And um, I'm more open to roguelikes nowadays, you could say. But at the same time, yeah, I, I was hearing some negative stuff like that. And also, AI can be done really well. But uh, I think 2D is harder. Uh, you know, AI and 2D is just probably yeah. diff more difficult. And then secondly, yeah, if you're making it um, where you don't know what you're hitting... Uh, because it's like so generated, uh, and then there's like big maps, I guess, right too. So it's yeah. like hard to figure out where you went and stuff. So I don't know. It's just it's just frustrating all the way around, dude. I really wish. I think that they have the the kernel of something really good there, but it just it just doesn't work. And I have a hard time believing that these people played their own game and they were like, yeah, this is really great. This is what we wanted. I I, I have a hard time believing that because it's a pretty miserable experience. So. All right. Anyway, Source of Madness, uh, Thea 2, Loot River, uh, none of those were clicking with me this week, which is probably why I got through them so quickly. All right, moving on. Back to you, Carlos. Uh, Roundguard, we had a reader la last week, or maybe was it two weeks? Not a reader, a listener. I'm so a used to I was just letting you I know, go. I know. Reader. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Listener, uh, who said that we should play Roundguard because you were so uh, up on Peglin, right? So this is kind of in the Peglin basket we yep. talked about it I, I i wish listed it but i didn't buy it yet and you got it and checked it out and played it so uh let's talk about round guard a little bit yeah and it was from counts tex i believe is on twitter counts tex i believe yeah, is that yeah. right yeah i don't know how to say it but that's what it says um yeah so i was playing peglin which is a new indie kind of not even finished game i think it's still early access a bit uh which is where you play a little goblin and it's like peggle but then you throw your little rock and it goes down the peggle thing and it's all about timing and trying to figure out where to go. And, and it's like an RPG at the top of it. So that's Peglin. And then this round guard is similar. It's not about monsters on the tops of the screen. It's the monsters are in the map itself, right? Okay. So when you shoot your little thing down, what is it actually? Oh, it's you. Yeah, you you throw yourself down. Yeah, you are the ball. You right? are the ball, yeah. And so, of course, I picked warrior. There's like, you know, different classes, rogue, wizard, all that stuff. I picked Warrior, of course. 
and he's a little barbarian guy. And so, yeah, when you shoot the the ball down, it's you, and you have your little axe, and then you go through and hit things, but you're not just hitting things to get like power ups and that kind of stuff, but you're also hitting the monsters. And then at the and you have to clear the board essentially of of the monsters. And sometimes it's the boss board. Obviously, it's a huge boss, and you gotta you know deal with him or it. Uh, and then the other interesting point is you pick up a lot of power-ups, but one of the power-ups or some of the power-ups you use, I'm playing on Steam again, so I'm using my mouse, is you actually have to time when you use the the ability, which okay. makes it way more fun than obviously just like a Peglin or a Pego where you just go, I hope I did it. You know, where you kind of passively just watch, you it, just happen, watch right? it happen. Yeah. yeah. This one is like all about timing. And so one of the good you know use cases uh, as a warrior one of the skills you can get is when you click the left mouse button, uh, he'll swing his like axe and it'll go through anything that's in front of him. So normally in a pego kind of game, you have all these like things, you know, pegs. And if you hit him, then it's going to ruin your whole trajectory, right? But say you have a monster that's beneath a bunch of pegs. If you hit this button at the right time and you got to time it, you'll go through all the pegs and hit the monster. Oh, and it's okay. amazing. It's such a good feeling. And like as I'm doing this and getting the flow, I'm like, oh, I'm never going back to Peglin. <laughs> you know, no, oh, no, no offense wow. to Peglin. Oh um, wow, that was a surprise twist. I wasn't expecting that. Well, I mean, I still will, and I played it, but it's just—I mean, you it, literally just kicked it to the curb, dude. Like on on the air, I'm, it's just, temporarily. Like, it. Yes, it's fuck temporarily off, fuck on the you, curb. Get out of here. Yeah, I didn't like say fuck you to Peglin. I mean, spiritually, you did. I don't think I did. Anyways, <laughs> Peglin is on the corner, and I did kick him into the curb. Uh, I'd lightly pushed him over there, but oh, man. it's just because there's so many like dynamic uh, things that happen during the game in this one, including like monsters doing things like some like skeletons will die, but then they'll raise the dead and have make a new skeleton. So you always have to be thinking about the board. Um, and then it's a roguelike, you know, thing. So when you finish or die, you get to get upgrades that you can bring with you. Uh, and you really they really do make a difference, like the things you, you know, permanence or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then during the match, like even the middle of like the, you know, the huge run you're doing, it'll stop sometimes and you'll do like a wheel, like a wheel of, um, not wheel of fortune, but you know, the, the, the wheels you spin, you win a prize. Yeah. It is a wheel of fortune. It is. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, something like that you spin and you'll get stuff for that. And that if you have gold, which you get all the time when you're playing the game, you can spend the gold on that wheel. So there's just so many fun little things within it. And the, you know, the art's. Not my favorite style. It's very cartoony. Yeah, that's the one thing that kind of stopped me from pulling the trigger because I'm yeah. like, I don't, I don't jive with the art. I wish it was slightly differently. But I mean, you know, I, I got to think about art. You know that it, you do. But what they're doing, and to, to their credit, is they're going for funny. Like there's a lot of like comic stuff in this, you know. So it does fit, I think, the vibe. Um, by the way, very positive reviews on Steam, and the, the developer is called Wonder Belly Games. And I really, really recommend it. It's like a great uh, recommendation from one of our listeners. Uh, I'm playing it more than any other Steam game right now because it's super addictive. And I can just lose hours to it because I'm like, oh, I should put it down. But then you just want to go to the next board and see if you did it. Um, oh, and the last piece of mechanics is when you get to the bottom, normally it's just like, you know, you suck. It's over, right? In a Peggle game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but this one has a ro like a, a a little couch or couch cushion like bed thing like going back left and right. So if you land on it, you're safe and you don't get hurt. But if you don't, you land on spikes and you get hurt. Uh, I, I think I failed to mention you have hit points 
right? So you're trying oh, okay. not to die. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And just like any other RPG, you have mana and all that stuff as well. So, yeah. So that's a really cool mechanic. Cause like if you time it right, you can land on this little thing and then you're fine. You don't get hurt. I really like it. I think it it's sounds really fun. awesome. It sounds really fun. I'm going to have to download this. Uh, do you remember how much it was? You bought it on Steam? Oh, wait. Is it on Switch? I believe it's on Switch. I think it's on Switch. We I think it is. should probably find out right now. That's I'll check. Because this is very Brown interesting podcasting. Yeah, it, it is. Talk. It is. It is on it Switch. Is. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, yeah. And it was like 10 bucks or something, I think. Um, I'm seeing how much it is on Switch. It was, it was $20. On Switch? On, oh, no, on Steam. And it oh, says right now there's a sale... On Switch for seven seventy nine. Oh, that's my price. That's my price, dude. You're buying. You download this it. tonight, dude. I'm gonna, I'm gonna email myself a little reminder. I'm gonna get, get download that thing tonight. It's that's from twenty dollars. It's, it's about eight bucks right now on Switch. So anybody listening, that's a good price. Yeah. that's a good price. Anywho, I love it. I like the fact that I paid twenty bucks for it. I think it's awesome. So check it out, Round Guard. And thank you very much to Stephen Thompson Jones, aka yes. Count Stex, for that recommendation. Thanks for listening, number one, and thanks for writing in, number two, and number three. Thanks for recommending a genuinely good game. We love it. Yeah, we I love, love it. it. I kicked uh, Peglin onto the curb a little bit. Kick that motherfucker to the curb. Get out of here, Peglin. Okay, okay, calm down with Peglin. He's fine. He's a nice <laughs> game. <laughs> All right, we're we're moving on. We're moving on. Uh, let's talk about Winter Ember. Uh, this is another one, full disclosure, I did not, did not get along with very well. Uh, this is a top-down, stealth-focused game. It's kind of like, I guess, kind of like a medieval sort of a setting, I suppose, or, you know, something like that. No, not medieval. Uh, like, that that period in England where everybody was, like, all fancy, where they wear the fancy clothes, they live in the big houses. Oh, kind the of like fancy a, time. The fancy period. I don't know what you call that period. Um, you know, what's that, what's that show um, that everybody liked on Netflix that was about that period with all the... Everybody was screwing everybody. And I didn't watch it. I know what you anyway, mean. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. That Whatever that show was, this is what that is. I love how specific I'm being. This is great. I don't think you said anything listeners. just now. I don't think any I don't think words I said literally anything sense. right yeah. there. <laughs> this is the fancy period, you know. The fancy period in England. Anyway, uh, the game starts out with, honestly, a pretty fucking cool, really long opening animated trailer. Like, it made me feel like I was watching some kind of, like... You know, like one of those like anime specials on Netflix or something. And it's just like, like, you know, cool graphics and the art style is great. And it was like really well animated. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is very high quality and unexpected. So that was interesting. Uh, really like that opening. But then you start playing the game and it's like a total like left turn because the game doesn't feel or look anything like the opening cutscene, which I got, I got to say, I don't feel great about. Like if you're going to do a cutscene, I feel like it should be, again, my personal preference. I feel like it should be pretty close to what the game is going to be like mm. in some sense. But when one thing is like, when it's wildly different, I feel like your expectations get kind of mixed up. And I don't know. Like, I don't know why you spend so much time on something that doesn't look like what you're actually working on. But that's just me. Anyway, top-down, stealth-focused game. You are this dude, English dude, fancy man. Bad stuff happened to you. Uh, somebody got killed. Your fortune got taken away or something like that. Whatever. doesn't matter. And you come back to get revenge uh, several years later after training yourself in the arts of the English ninja, I guess. I don't know. I don't know where you would learn stealth arts in England, but <laughs> comes back with like a knife and a hood and stuff. And so, they, you know, the opening tutorial is like, OK, you can duck and like get out of people's line of sight. And it seems like a pretty like, like kind of like Metal Gear Solid, like before it went 3D, but like back in the day, like when it was like Metal Gear Solid, the first one where you're kind of looking top down, right? And like 
you're going around corners and you're looking out for guards and you're sneaking up behind guards. So at first I was like, okay, I haven't played one of these in a while. This might be all right. But again, it just, it feels very rough. Everything about it feels very rough. Um, there is combat if you get caught. I think the game is really, really, really recommending that you don't get caught because combat is not great. Uh, it's very difficult. There's a parry that didn't, I didn't find work very well. Combat just didn't feel good in any way. But the problem is just, it just feels not good to play. Um, you can jump, but you can't jump until like you get to a prompt, like on a, like on a ledge. You get to a ledge, you'll say, push A to jump. Okay, I can do that, but I can't jump any other time. Or like you can take cover behind boxes, but not just every, and not just any box. It's got to be like the specific box where you see the prompt. It's like you can take cover here. But, you know, there was a couple times when I wanted to take cover behind something, but it wasn't a thing I could take cover behind. Um, I mean, I guess make it, you know, like it, it feels like everything is kind of scripted. Like it doesn't feel like your character is actually in the world. It feels like you're kind of just like interacting with things in the world, but you're not really like a part of the world. Like you're not moving f realistically or fluidly through the world. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, I think it just felt like, you know, like you can only do things when the developer wanted you to do things. You couldn't do things when you just wanted to do them yourself. Like if I wanted to just try to jump on a bunch of things to see if it worked, I couldn't do that because you can only jump in a certain place. Mm. Or if I wanted to hide behind something to see if like to test out if a guard could see me or not, you can't, you can't duck behind something unless the developer wants you to duck behind this one specific box. So you can't just duck behind anything. Okay. Right. So it felt very like limiting and kind of like artificial. Um, so that part did not feel very good. And also the levels are pretty dark. Again, that's kind of a theme. Just like people just make your games bright. Like I know you're all going for like moody atmospheric, but like dark is just hard to see. It's not fun. I mean, video games, you need the video, like just, just brighten your games up a little bit just so we can see what's going on. Um, the other part is like, there's no radar. Um, like in Metal Gear Solid, there's no soliton radar. So you don't know which way guards are looking other than you're kind of just guessing which way they're looking. Um, it's difficult to locate people sometimes. Also, there's line of sight. So if there's a guard like around the corner, and this is a top-down game, remember? Like in any other game, you, you'd see them around the corner because that's where the camera is. Yeah. In this game, if your character can't see them from his position behind a shelf, even though you should be able to see them from the top-down perspective, you won't see them until you're actually, your character's looking at them. So it's possible to like think you're in an empty room and then you turn oh. around the corner and there's like a guy right there, right? I heard this is the main reason I was afraid of this game because that seems like crazy go nuts. Yeah, it's like why? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a reason why Kojima put in that radar because maybe it's not realistic, but like it helps the gameplay. Like it helps you get through things. Like if you're if you're going to do that kind of a thing, then you should probably make it first person or at least second person so that you can kind of see what your character is seeing. It feels more natural that way. But when you're looking top down, your brain automatically expects that you're going to get full knowledge of what's going on and it doesn't. Right. So it feels you're, weird. You're yeah. seeing where the character should be. Exactly. And they're not there. Exactly. It's very, it's very disorienting. I had a hard time getting used to that. Um, so I just, and also the levels, it was like, I wasn't really sure what to do and I wasn't really sure where to go. And it feels like they want you to kind of like explore kind of like a thief sort of a thing. But I mean, the levels, they all kind of look pretty samey. Like, I, I got confused about where I was because every hallway kind of looks the same. Every building kind of looks the same. Um, it's just a cool idea. Like, I can I get what they're going for. Like, I think I can see I can see what they wanted to do. But there was a lot of really weird decisions that don't really... That feel like more about 
a concept rather than how it actually plays out. And mm. I think if they maybe gamified it a little bit more to make it more fun to play rather than more realistic to play, I think they might be onto something. Um, but I just I just didn't have a very good time with it at all, and I just uh, I got really frustrated pretty quickly. So. Yep. All right, let's turn it around. I've got two more games. One here, we're going to talk to you, then I'll finish off with another one. But these last two are actually good. Yay! I know, right? Let's get off the negative. Let's get into the positive. This new game is, I think, the third or fourth in a series. And I don't think the series has a name. But if you see the art, you will immediately know what this game is. It's called My Brother Ate My Pudding. This is from the other, the same developers who made uh, Mom Took My Game. Oh, right. Mom Took My Game 2. And there was like, I think, one or two other ones that they've done since then. They always have these really colorful, um, bright blue backgrounds, very simple pencil drawings, really limited animation, but I think it's really charming. It's all intentional. Um, this, This game is wacky. It's just like Mom Took My Game, where you start off with a situation. And in this situation, they spoil it up front. Brother ate my pudding. So there's a guy, he eats his sister's pudding out of the fridge, and she gets pissed, and she comes after her to beat his ass. And so you play the brother, and in each level, we're talking like single-screen levels on the Switch, right? It's WarioWare like style. Yeah, basically, exactly, yeah. WarioWare style. What you want to do in each level is you want to avoid your sister. So you're always looking for like something, some place to hide, something you can do to avoid your sister. And they're all like super goofy, wacky, crazy. Like None of this is serious. None of this is is intentional so like in one example um you're in a room and there's nothing in the room except for like your grandpa and a coat and you got to figure out what to do and so you put on the coat and then you get behind your grandpa and you put your arms through the coat sleeve so it looks like your grandpa's arms and then you just like pretend to be your grandpa for a second and the sister awesome. sees you and just like keeps running because she thinks it's your grandpa it looks goofy af it's it's just every time i do one of these levels i just laugh because it's so abstract and unexpected and weird and they're just so kooky um stuff like that so if you like the the absurd art the absurd concept and you want like little warrior where i mean one level will take you 20 seconds yeah or less 15, yeah, yeah yeah or less yeah. even right like they're not long at all so you're just like bam 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 get through all these little like they're all just like little jokes joke 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 and i think most of them are really funny and they're clever and they're all very simple and straightforward it's just easy breezy and fun puts a smile on my face. I think they're really charming. I also really love the the mom took my game uh, uh, games. As yeah, well. I mean, are, we both loved it. Yeah, on this recommend. Show I mean, yeah, these guys are weird. I don't know. I don't know how they got the idea. I don't know what's keeping them going. But man, these games are fucking great. Uh, I definitely recommend it. Hundred percent recommend it. Super super fun. So my brother ate my pudding. Very fun. Uh, check it out if you want to laugh for sure. I'm playing it on Switch. I think it's on other things as well. Yeah, and by the way, uh, one of the things I just looked at in a screenshot from that game is how to hide from your sister. Is mm. he literally sitting on a bench and he has a bunch of food and all these birds come and attack him? And, and he's covered in the birds. He's covered right? in the birds, yep. and so she can't yep, see yep, him. Yep. Yeah, Gosh, it's... damn it! Five dollars too. Come on, people. What's wrong? Oh with yeah, you? five bucks. I mean, you gotta you gotta pick it up. Yeah. Just just for the. I'll just get it. I'll get it tonight. Thing. It's really good stuff. All right, my brother ate my pudding. Good stuff. Thumbs up. Okay, Carlos, back to you. Uh, your final game of the show. Iuden Chronicle. Now we were sent a code early release for you to check this out. Yeah, but I see that it came to uh, Xbox Game Pass as well. Xbox best Game Pass, place best to place play to play games. Absolutely. So that's amazing. <laughs> Very happy to see Iuden Chronicle come to that. Uh, I don't know anything about this. It looks like some kind of a 2D JRPG. It's got some really nice art going on, but that's all I know. Why don't oh. you uh, tell us all about it? Oh no. No, no, no. It, it, it is what you said, but I'm saying, oh, okay. oh I'm going to tell you about it because if you don't oh, know, okay. there's a there's a lot of kind of a little bit of history to it. So, 
It's Ayudin Chronicle Rising, I think is the full name. Oh, my, my uh, apologies. It's my fine. Apologies. And it's a precursor or prelude to the game they're working on. And the studio is Rabbit and Bear Studios. And uh, some of those people worked on Sukadin. Oh, okay. That makes perfect sense then because that is very has a very similar vibe, very yes. similar feel to that. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I watched their like Kickstarter video because they basically were kickstarting a game, uh, and the game is called Ayudin Chronicle... 100 Heroes. So that's coming out next year. And they kickstarted it, whatever. And so their video I watched was really fun and funny. And the team seems like really cool people. And obviously, I like, you know, love those old school games that they worked on. So I was excited to try it. Obviously, yeah, we I've been playing it for two weeks now, I think, because okay, we got the yeah. code a while ago. My time flies. All right. And cool. I couldn't say anything uh-huh. until, yes, now it's on, on uh, the best console. Em- embargo is up. Xbox it's on the best console, game best pass. place to play games, best Xbox play Game games. Pass. Yep. Uh, and it's a 2D action RPG that's really fucking relaxing. And I just, I recommend it to everybody. Like, that's, you know, TDLR or whatever it is. Um, wait, TLDR? TLDR, yeah. yes. Is that it's really fun, relaxing action RPG where you play as three characters and you go left to right uh, or right to left and basically go through these different you know screens and kill monsters, solve problems, do side side missions, and then there's an overarching like main story. And it's also comedy. It's got a lot of comical stuff in it. So the team I think is really like having fun with you know the characters, but also like making it fun too, and not just like it's not serious. So it's really relaxing. I'll tell you the story in a minute. But what's weird about it is it's an action RPG RPG that's 2D and side-scrolling. The actual game they're building is not that at all. So Yeah, they're building Ayudin Chronicle 100 Heroes is like, I think, to the best of my knowledge, a turn-based, like, Sukadin-type game, right? Where you... But it's not 2D anymore? No, I don't think so. Um, You can check while I'm talking, but I'm pretty sure it isn't. And so what's interesting is it's a totally different style of engine that they built just for this kind of like precursor game. Uh, and I don't remember, not remember many times that happening uh, in the game dev world, but I, I like it because, I mean, if the, if the main game was like this, I would also like it. I mean, it kind of looks like that. I'm looking. Oh, no, I'm looking. No, that's they're moving it. like think three and like forward and backwards in space in that game in the 100 heroes. Yeah, it's hard to find anything because all the all the images are from the one you're talking about now. There's not much about here. It is 100 heroes. Yeah. I'm, yeah, it looks similar. But yeah, you're right. I think there's more 3D space involved. In and that. I think it's turn based. I think it's like an old school turn based. You know, our, it does turn-based look RPG. that way. Yeah, yes, it does look that way. So anyways, this game stands on its own. I think they originally were thinking about making it shorter. It's pretty long. I'm playing like. I played eight hours of it now, or nine hours, and mm-hmm. it's. Uh, I think I have like four, three or four more hours to go, so it's a pretty like lengthy precursor kind of game. And you play as three characters. Uh, the first girl, her name is CJ. She's kind of like a scavenger, scrappy. Uh, again, double jump kind of attack moves, you know, to, in two D, and she's kind of fast and she's got like a, a super dash. And then you meet other characters. You meet two other characters. And the idea is that obviously we're fleshing out the story with these three characters before we play the main game, right? And then you'll get to know them more. And you do, because I'm playing this game for almost, yeah, 10, 12 hours. And so she meets uh, a kangaroo-type person named Guru, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like half kangaroo. And I see what they did there, yes. yes. I get it. Uh, and he is like, he got a bigger sword and slashes and kind of like more attack, but also slower. And then he can guard and stuff. And then you finally meet the third character, which I won't spoil. Uh, it's kind of a spoiler. I don't know if they show her in action, but it's more like a magic user. 
And so you have all those. And as you're playing, say you're like gonna you go to the forest to like collect stuff. You when you attack, if you like finish an attack with one character and then pick the other button, so like each button is a character. That makes right, sense, okay. right? Yes, yes, yes. So you uh-huh. switch to triangle when you're hitting box, and all of a sudden Guru comes out and he does like a combo. He'll do like so a you're doing a button move. combo, but you're also manipulating like each character per yeah. button. Yeah, right? yeah. The, yeah. Each okay, character gotcha. makes if you switch at the right time, the, the switch of the character makes a combo, and they're they're, they're totally different you know play styles. For me, I'm mainly playing a CJ um, because I just like her move set the most. But I'll occasionally bring in the other two characters, so it's super fun, super relaxing. You know, all the side missions like in an RPG, it's like, hey, go back to that place you were just at, almost like Metro Metroidvania. Yeah. And get me like four fucking fig leaves or something, you know? And you're like, okay, I guess I'll go back. But when you go back, you sometimes you'll complete like a bunch of missions because you just picked up a bunch of shit, you know? I went to a, a part of the town and I just talked to people and they gave me missions and then I completed them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I already yeah, yeah. had like a whole knapsack you had of stuff shit. already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that. But that is so relaxing. And what's funny is the character CJ, you, you get stamps in a little stamp book for beating for doing side missions. So she gets addicted to the stamps. She's like, yeah, I'll do anything for a stamp. And then what's wow. funny is it was mirroring how I felt. Cause I was like, I don't have to do these side missions. I had to just go to the main story, but you'll do anything. But for I'll a do stamp. anything for a you stamp. Know that, Carlos. Stamp Actually, board. that's a good title for two. I'll do anything for a stamp. That's a good one. Also write it down. Uh, so it's super addictive. The side missions. It's again, playful, fun, if you're going to play the 100 Heroes game, it makes sense to play this game because you learn sure, more about these three sure. characters. And it's on Game Pass. It's Xbox on Game, game Pass. Pass the best best play, play games. video games. And I think what else was I going to say about it? Yeah, I just love going. I thought I would get mad about going back to areas I've been, but I didn't. I just like really enjoyed it. And sometimes new things will unlock as well because there's like these different barriers that you later on can unlock. So say you went to a screen and it's a dungeon or something. Now you can go further down in it like you know, because you got better or something. Right, right, right. And all along the way, you're upgrading yourself. So you like, you know, you're, uh, oh, yeah, I didn't tell you. The other main mechanic is you're building up a town. So this town was kind of half destroyed. Oh, okay. So that's that's a fun mechanic. That's I another love, like, mechanic, yeah. Building a town and, like, you feel the progress and things growing. That's that's cool. Yeah, I by that. doing the side missions, you're basically helping people, like, yeah. rebuild. Yeah. And, of course, what happens when they rebuild is they make more weapons available and more armor and shit like that sure so that, that was that's a very sweetening kind of thing too. it is and it's such a good loop i mean i it makes me want to play 100 heroes even more they just know how to do this thing you know this style um, i mean that's cool that sounds great dude because i was a big fan of sweetening back in the day did you play those back then yeah, also? yeah 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 and i like the collecting of people you know and having all yeah. these playable characters those were good those were good ass games dude and i'm glad that those guys are still doing something i'm definitely gonna check this out dude rabbit and bear studios check them out.com um and the other thing I was going to say is that, oh, the graphics. So it's 2D, but you know, that kind of like parallax scrolling yes, in the background. Yes. They do a really good job of depth of field. So similar to what's Octopath Traveler. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Not that much depth of field and unfocused, but it's just, I snapshotted a picture and sent it to Twitter and I was in the snow field or something. It's just amazing. It's like so beautiful. Um, so I'm just so excited to see what they do with the main game. That's my long-winded uh, explanation of it. It's such a short game, but it's so fucking fun. I've been playing for two weeks straight, and like every time I'm like upset with a game I don't like or something, I just turn everything off and put back on Iden Chronicle Rising. Excellent. Well, yeah, it's on uh, Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass, best place to play games. I'm gonna check it out. I I I feel like I tagged it for like downloading later, but I haven't gotten back to it. I mean, honestly, 
time it's time is my big barrier right yeah. now man just finding time to play everything i mean we've talked about a couple games and the stuff that you brought this show sounds really good so i definitely want to get to it but man i just i just gotta find the fucking time so I anyway know. sounds like a winner though for sure yeah and in the show on a high note two good ones uh yep two good ones and then one more one final oh, good one to talk about is one it a good one, one or a bad it one? is a good one okay. it's a very good one uh this is mighty goose have you played mighty goose i've not played mighty goose it is a 2D run and gun shoot 'em up action game, pixel art where you play a goose, an actual goose that has like cybernetic arms. Hmm. I don't know if they replace your wings or maybe they're just on top of your wings. Is it like an exosuit or are they grafted? I don't know. We don't really get into the backstory of it very much, but the bottom line is you're a goose, you've got metal arms. But the rest of you is just pure goose, uh, all American goose, and you're gonna go run in this like you're in space and you're doing very uh, metal slug like shooting. I'm sure you played metal slug at some point. Yeah, right? of course, of course, yeah. Yeah, so it's like it's like that, uh, like lots of bullets, lots of explosions, lots of going left and right. There's a bunch of vehicles. There's like a little motorcycle. I think there was also like some kind of a tank or something like that that I was in. Um, you you know run and gun shoot. You dodge, duck, jump. I mean it's all it's all what you would expect from looking at it, but the reason that it's so good is because unlike many of the other games we talked about this episode, this game feels fucking properly tuned. Like the jumping feels good. The dodging feels good. The shooting feels good. The aiming feels good. Like they, they clearly took the time in making a shooting game to say, we better make sure our fucking shooting feels good. And it does. It feels great. I feel like it feels wonderful. Um, running around is just really great. The graphics are really fun and colorful and bright. Uh, I think each level is just the right size. Like they're not super long, but they're not super short either. It feels like they're just the right size to where you get in a good amount of adrenaline, but then you're like, okay, I feel like I'm, I'm hitting my max right now. And then boom, the level's over. Hmm. There's little secret paths to go on. You unlock, um, I believe it unlock these helper characters. I've only locked maybe like two or three and I'm not sure what the requirements for some of them are, but you know, one person will just like help you attack. One other guy will come with you. And he gives you like a constant supply of ammo. So if you want to use like your your bonus gun, you have a regular gun with infinite ammo and then your little bonus gun. Um, if you use the bonus gun, he just keeps you fed up. So you can use the bonus gun like all the time if you want to. If you don't like the bonus gun, you can switch him out for a different helper who will do like whatever. So there's there's unlocks to get. There's levels to go through with secret paths. There's really good, really tight 2D run and gun gameplay. Very, you know, very Metal Slug-ish. And I like Metal Slug a lot. So I think it's very cool that we get kind of a different take on that same flavor um we got sent a code uh for the purpose of talking about the show which i'm doing right now the point of the 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 code was that i was supposed to play the dlc and the developers made it possible for me to play just the dlc that's not usually how it works uh but i told them i'm like you know hey i've actually never played mighty goose and so i don't have like a game save to boot up or anything. And they're like, yeah, okay, that's fine. You can just play the DLC if you want here, do this. But you know, to be honest with you, I didn't even touch the DLC yet because uh, I, I jumped into the first level. I'm like, Oh, this is actually really fun. I really would like to just play the entire game first and then get to the DLC. Yeah. So I apologize to the developers and the PR people because the whole point of this was to me to tell you about the DLC. So there is DLC. Yeah. Brand new DLC. It's out there. I'm sure it's great because the rest of the game is great. But I just I didn't want to jump to that because I'm having so much fun with the main game. So I uh, I feel like you should check it out. I do believe it's on Xbox Game Pass. Best place, best to, play place games. to play games. It's also on Switch, which is where I'm playing. It feels great on the Switch. Feels very Switch appropriate. I think it's on everywhere else. But um, you know, Mighty Goose has been out for a while. I meant to get to it earlier and never got around to it. And this is now my chance. And I'm glad that I finally got to it. I think it's really good. It's really fun. And so if you want uh, run and gun 2D action, I feel like it delivers. Yeah, and that says a lot about the game that you like were so into the game before you even played the DLC because you just want to play the game. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could have just jumped in at the end and you know played whatever DLC it was, but I was like, yeah, man, this is this is good stuff. I want to go back and see the whole thing. So again, apologies, I didn't talk specifically about the DLC, although there is DLC available. Please go check that out. But also, just check out this game. I think it's really worth uh, worth your time. It's really fun. Metal Goose Slug. <laughs> there is no slug in the title, but it does. Right. It does. Could be Mighty Goose Slug, Metal Slug Goose. That's better, actually. Goose Slug Metal. I mean, any combination of those words would kind of get the concept across. So, Metal... Uh, you got me saying it now. No. Mighty Goose <laughs> is what it's called. <laughs> and it's good stuff. All right. That's all I have. Carlos, do you have anything else to the show? No. We're done. We did it. That is a big show. A big show. Did it in a pretty good amount of time. Actually, less, less time than I thought we were going mm-hmm. to. So, I say, let's wrap it up. What say you? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. All right, folks, we're going to wrap it up. We voted. We, the motion passed. We're going to move forward yep. with this. Wrapping it up, please send us your questions and comments. Hit us up, SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at SoVideoGames. But you can reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? Uh, Twitter, O-N-A-W-A, and also TikTok, Carlos Rodella, R-O-D-E-L-A. Excellent, excellent. As for me, social media, Instagram, Twitter, same as usual. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 284. Thank you all again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast. And we'll see you next week. But in the meantime, this is Bye From Brad. And best place to play games, Xbox from Carlos. It's the best place. You can't. Best place to play games. So many exclusives. And it's just, yeah, it's like. Carlos Game Pass. Why would I ever do anything else? With Carlos. Best place to play games.